So this movie. This movie. Now, I want to address something at the top, and maybe I'll just get the intros over so we can hop right into things after we're done. Yeah. So this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. We watch Silent Night, Fatal Night, which is, I have to say, maybe the worst name for a movie ever. <laughs> I mean, you have your Silent Night, Deadly Nights. That's right. I mean, those are classics. But I also found it to just not even really match the movie no, at all. Only one fatality if we're going to go by Fatal Night. Right. And it wasn't even the main character. Right. Like, yeah. It, like somebody it, who really <laughs> didn't matter. And it wasn't even like the perpetrator either. And it wasn't totally a Christmas movie. It took place at Christmas time and the deadline for her book was Christmas or the week before Christmas or something. But like Mm -hmm. the fact that Christmas is involved at all here is very incidental and has nothing to do with the plot. Yeah, it really didn't need to be. What I would really like to address early on is something that we saw at the very beginning, which is based on true events. Events. Yeah, and I got nothing from IMDb, so... Oh, no! I... Okay, I was like, Dawn's definitely going to be the one to figure this out because I I didn't have time to really do any research, but I knew you would. I made a beeline. And nothing? Nothing. So but how people that... were giving it great reviews. So, Seriously? Um, granted, it was only out for two days. I'm sure that'll people change. People have no taste. I mean, like... I guess in the, the realm of Lifetime movies... People have to pick their battles, and I guess maybe this was just probably, in terms of this time of year, it's just always the sappy love story ones that, like, it's a change of pace. Mm -hmm. I guess. Okay, like, I'm literally looking at an article right now that's like, no, it's not based on a true story. So, like, why the fuck have you led us to believe that? Is it like, what movie was that that you were telling me about where it was, it said it was based on a true story, but it was kind of just an amalgamation. Oh, The Strangers. Yeah, 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 where it wasn't like this was one incident that happened, but just, like, kind of inspired by some incidents that have happened. Yeah, but it was very weird to start with that. Because I would love to know what true life event this yeah. came from. Because it does have misery vibes. Has so, misery vibes, yeah. But misery is not a true story. It's just another story <laughs> about holding right. an author captive. <laughs> Which, I mean, I want to talk about her, uh, Mallory. She was dull as shit. I hated this woman so hard. And not only was she boring, but she was fucking stupid. And I feel like that's probably a common theme across Lifetime movie protagonists, especially these like thriller genre. Like they're all just dumb. The way that they go about trying to get themselves out of these scenarios, you wouldn't do the things that she does. Mm -hmm. So yes, a very frustrating person to be rooting for. And I have to say my favorite character was probably Carrie. Oh, yeah. I mean, she actually brought some. She's the real hero. (laughs) Yeah, she is the real hero. And it's so funny because as because they kind of try to take you down a path where Carrie's going to be the psycho. Um, They want you to look at it as she's this crazed fan that really, really follows Mallory closely. She's very obsessed. And, you know, at first I felt a little bad for her because the opening of the movie is Mallory doing like a book reading and signing. And so afterwards, when she's doing the signing, Carrie comes up to her and she's like, oh, my God, I'm your biggest fan. I love you so much. And Mallory was kind of mean. She was just like she wasn't really listening to her. She was trying to tell her about her podcast and like she wants to be a writer. And Mallory was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do I make this out to? And I felt bad because Carrie was like super excited and she really wasn't that welcoming. No. Yeah, that was her entire demeanor, though, throughout the entire movie. Right. Her whole thing was the fans, the fans, the fans. Yes, and, and she didn't really like seem to care very much <laughs> about her fans. And then Carrie, we see Carrie go back to her apartment or whatever, and she's got this framed photo of her and Mallory from a previous book signing. Not only is it framed on her bookshelf, but it it is her desktop background on her laptop. Oh, yeah. So, like, this woman is probably a little bit too obsessed with Mallory. Full stop. But at the same time, she didn't seem dangerous necessarily. So if the movie wanted us to think that, it was more just like, ooh, I kind of feel bad for you because you're just a little bit past the line of what I would think is a normal hero worshiper. Yeah. And I felt too, like, if you met her before, how did she treat you then? 
Because I would feel like if she treated me like shit the first time I met her, I wouldn't really be so enthused to go to another signing again or feel the need to be so in your face. Right. And I think you're making a good point that her whole thing is like, oh, the fans, the fans. And it would have been really nice to see that reflected somehow, like when Carrie came to this book signing, if she had said like, oh, I remember you from a previous signing. I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. It's really great. Like engage with her a little bit because we literally don't see that she cares about her fans whatsoever. And she's just using that as her excuse for why she's doing everything. And it's just like... I don't believe you. <laughs> right. And I mean, clearly she's not doing it for the fans because the fans really seem to only like the fact that she writes this series. Mm-hmm. So I don't think her going out of that realm would do much. It's kind of like when J.K. Rowling stopped writing Harry Potter books and then just wrote like a couple of those. Like, I think they were mysteries, actually. She just wrote this year The Running Grave. Oh. And then last year, The Ink Black Heart. I think the casual vacancy is the one is the name that sticks out to me as the one that she wrote so soon after Harry Potter that everyone was like, oh, J.K. Rowling's writing another book and it's not Harry Potter. And then it was just like, oh, nobody, nobody likes this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of felt like that's what was going to happen here. But she's she's saying like, oh, I'm not in it for the money or anything, which is what pisses off her literary agent, Michael, who has been cashing in on this woman for many years i guess he is quite the i mean he played the creep very well yeah and i think he escalated nicely in terms of like a gradual thing where it was just Mm -hmm. you didn't really understand how dangerous he was right away and then it was like oh okay because it wasn't just that he kidnapped her to force her to write this next book but he starts the rumor that she died very quickly. Like, I mean. Yes. Like, that could have been a plan B. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm just thinking of all, like, the logical things. I'm like, okay. So, I'm like, she can't write a book if she's dead. And then, of right. course, he plays the whole, like, oh, I found the, the lost yeah. manuscript. Unpublished <laughs> manuscript in the in the apartment somehow. Yeah. And I also found it nuts that he totally took her six-figure advance oh my god told her i know yeah i was trying to understand this because initially i was very confused because when he goes to her publisher wendy and is like yes yeah, so mallory says she's not going to write any more gideon books and the publisher is like um we have a contract and i already paid you and i'm just like does she not know that she has a contract like this and then very quickly michael's like oh yeah um and then she's like you didn't tell her <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. So that makes more sense yeah, now. That's fucking not. And but before that, I'm like, is it they're like a publishing mafia? Because <laughs> she was so like, just the whole meeting seemed so like, I'm giving you this many days, and then you're gonna die, kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna come after you. Mm-hmm. And the way that he was behaving too, he was so underhanded about not only taking the six figure advance, but making bad investments apparently and losing it all. And it's just like, <laughs> like who? does this like you are some very very sketchy individual yeah and he seems like this like little evil henchman Mm -hmm. like not so much that he's doing it for him but he does seem like he gives off sidekick vibes even though it was Mm. he wasn't a sidekick it was all, all about him yeah so how she gets to this house which i've noticed in a lot of lifetime movies that i've watched i was gonna say i feel like this must be a kind of house that they just redecorate and reuse for multiple different settings but just the whole plot of oh you are so stressed out and i just want you to use my house that's somewhere said that cracked me the fuck up when he's telling her this yes he's like you're super stressed like you need to get away and he says you've seemed really down since your parents died and it's like (laughs) really like Like, of course and she's upset her parents died we don't even know how recent it is but like that's such a fucking awful thing to say to somebody whose parents just died you've seemed a little off i don't really understand but i guess your parents did just die so like makes sense what oh we're led God. to believe, because like you said, we had no idea they were even dead. So if... Bad movie universe for parents, because his parents are also dead and left him this yeah. house. So, you know, you don't want to be a mom or dad in this movie. No. <laughs> so he's like, here, here's the key. And this is the start of his plan, that basically he's going to keep her trapped in this house to get this book done. And I found it funny that they made it seem like it was this, like, cabin in the woods. 
And that house did not look like it was secluded at all. No, people kept coming around all the time. <laughs> a lot of people were knocking on this door for a place that supposedly has no cell phone service and is off exactly. the beaten path. <laughs> like, okay, there's an so... Airbnb within walking distance because <laughs> we have a, a like a hiker show up at some point, and he's oh like, "Oh, God. I'm at the Airbnb down the road." So, like, how far do we think this man has really walked in a day? He was tired, but he wasn't like starving. And yeah, he did make it seem like it was super dire. And I'm like, dude, it looks like you literally walked two feet. I don't think. I don't th- I think. Yeah, you've got okay. a whole backpack. What's in there? Don't you have food, water, supplies? And it also doesn't look that cold. No, um, yeah, he said that it just got a dusting of snow, but then it was literally a dusting. There was like no snow on the ground. And then later when he's burying the hiker in his backyard, he's digging into very easily movable soil. Like it is not a frozen. Yes, it is not a frozen landscape. Digging a shallow grave should have taken hours, if not have been impossible entirely. Yes. And they, yeah, they really uh, messed up on painting the picture of what this, you know, retreat should have been. So no sooner does she get to the house, he calls her on the landline. Oh, God. I love that they called it out because I was like, oh, a landline phone. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. She was even like, oh, nice touch. And then that's when he tells us, you know, well, you're not going to get cell service up there. So Mm -hmm. but no sooner like she's barely there for like, I feel like a couple hours. Yeah. And he's already chloroforming the shit out of her. And tied her up in the basement. Sure. As one does. She's immediately really angry with him, which I guess is fair. But I feel like my primary emotion at that moment would be confusion of like, yes, what is going on? And why are you doing this? And I think maybe that was like the first mistake where I would have done something differently. I would have tried to hear him out first because Mm -hmm. I actually do think think what he wanted her to do wasn't that bad he's not keeping you here as a sex slave he just wants you to write a book and then presumably at this point she does not know that he has already told people that she's dead but presumably at this point she might think well if I just write this book then he'll let me go so mm-hmm. that would have been my mentality. Like, be nice to your captor. He hasn't proven himself to be violent just yet. He's not being unreasonable. He's not going to keep you tied up. He just, he put a tracker on your ankle, which isn't great. But <laughs> at least you have free run of the house and you're not stuck yeah. in a basement all day. So, like, play along, I think, at first. That's yeah, my, I mean, that's and she, she spit a huge loogie into his face, too, huge. which was disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. She just, she became hostile way too quickly. And it's like, I mean, you write books for a living and characters, don't you know, like, yes, you got to try to befriend your captor so that you can escape. (laughs) At least at first, play along, see what he's doing, try and figure out his motives and like be smarter about it. You're at such a disadvantage initially that you kind of have to play along just to gain some knowledge and yeah have time to strategize but and it always pisses me off when when hostages are like immediately hostile it's like that's you can't come back from that because they're now they're like oh she's pissed and like maybe she's faking it but like if you start from the beginning being like all right let's talk what do you need from me and as long as it's not your body (laughs) then you know maybe you just play along right and also like first he was cooking for her Mm -hmm. that was fantastic feeding her yeah yeah i mean like he was not keeping somebody hostage isn't great but he wasn't treating her like shit correct and like you said too like it screwed up everything for her going forward because Mm -hmm. anytime she tried anything he was one step ahead yes because she was so hostile to start and it's like if you just was nice and just gave in to his little horrible charm um i think he wouldn't have seen half the stuff coming that you planned on doing to him right or tried to do to him and i mean those plans could have been executed better as well but oh my god so much <laughs> and something that didn't occur to me until the end of the movie and is now bothering me is so he sets her up in the study to write this book on a huge laptop how many inches do you think that screen is? It was oh, like, that was definitely like a 20 inch. Holy moly. I haven't seen a laptop that big in a long time. And it's basically just the computer and the phone is in there, right? The landline phone. Mm-hmm. 
why didn't she use that to call 911? Great question. Because he takes her cell phone from her. And also we know that cell service is spotty. And it did. It literally didn't occur to me until the end of the movie. And then I was like, wait a minute. She's been sitting with the, the fucking phone on the desk the whole movie. And she didn't try to call 911. Yeah, that was that was strange. And then he made it a point to say, like, he took the Wi-Fi card out. Yeah, what does what that mean? What's a Wi-Fi is? card? <laughs> But basically, you know, you're not going to have access to the outside world at all. So right. deal with it. So, yeah. So no sooner do we get her, I guess, acclimated to her situated. Position, you know, there's the knock on. The, he And of course, as soon as there's any interruptions and, in, you know, whatever, he immediately puts a scarf in her mouth, gags her and mm-hmm. then handcuffs her to the chair. And she's an idiot because... The, our lovely hiker friend Grant <laughs> shows up. And I also found it very intrusive, too. Like, he's like, can I just come in? Right. I thought he was going to ask to come in so he could call somebody, like the, right. the Airbnb owner, or ask him for a ride. If I were Michael, I would have been like, oh, can I give you a ride back to your B&B? You've walked a long way. You're tired. Let me just give you a lift. And that literally right. would have gotten rid of him. I don't understand why he's like, yeah, no, come on in. This is a great idea. Yeah, it was very weird. And while he, you know, of course, he's doing that whole like, wow, you have a great place here. It's huge. Da, da, da. And Mallory starts making tons of noise in that room. Yeah. And uh, not so good for Grant because um, Michael goes right after him with a butcher knife and well, yeah, because he he has to use the bathroom and then he hears her moaning from another room. And then he's like, what's that? I thought you said you were alone. And then he's like, I need to see what's in there. Like very noble of you, Grant. But at the same time, maybe you just leave and like call the police <laughs> because. Right. Like he, at that point, it's a it's a very sketchy situation. And right. And he should escape. He tries to be a hero and he gets himself killed. Michael comes in behind him and stabby stabs him in the back. We don't really get to see any blood even. So like, no, I'm convinced that he just probably like punched him with his hand and then granted the rest of the work of theatrically dying. Right. Because there was no like cleanup except for like body disposal. Yes. Yeah. And like, no, there wasn't like a a blood trail out the front door. (laughs) Nothing. No. So after that little incident, he gets Mallory, Michael gets Mallory back in the basement and chains her to the bed. And we have this like weird cut scene over to the police department, the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm. whatever and this conversation really pissed me off because the sheriff walks in and he's like well anything going on tonight and his secretary is like nah and then she's like well there was a 911 call but like but they hung up he was like oh okay it's probably nothing it's like okay do you have a million things on your plate that you couldn't look into that or think that's interesting right i would think that's probably the first of any that they've gotten in however long that like yeah why not investigate that also you should at least call the number back because yeah it could have been an accident but it also could have been somebody who was in a very dangerous situation and could not complete the phone call it seems like he's not going to investigate this but he has second thoughts about it and it's like you know what i will look into that like great thank you sir for deigning to do your job (laughs) so he's gonna go out and we i imagine because i don't remember seeing grant make any phone calls so maybe this was before he went to the house right like the house was his second right like he tried to call 911 and like it didn't work so whatever so the police the sheriff guy goes to the house now and mallory's gagged and handcuffed again obviously in like the upstairs room i guess now right because he brings her back to the study so she can write yeah and so the sheriff comes and i gotta say the sheriff sounded incredibly suspicious of michael but doesn't act on any of those suspicions no it seemed like he was gonna which he does do it was like all right i'm gonna keep you you know at an arm's length and uh like i'm suspicious but not enough to do anything about it Right, which is insane because he he basically comes in. He's like, oh, there was a 911 call. 
And there's like a hiker missing from an Airbnb. Or, or does he say that at this point? I don't think so. It might be the oh, second Oh, no, no. Visit. It's the second visit that he talks about the hiker. Because the first time he's just like, we got a 911 call from this area. Have you seen anything suspicious? And Michael's like, nope, no, nothing suspicious whatsoever. And then he is forced to let the cop in because at first he doesn't want to. But the sheriff is like, well, that's weird. So he lets him in. And then Mallory starts like stomping on the floor. He had a quick answer to that. He which- did. But honestly, not good enough. He's like, oh, it's the water in the pipes. You know, they freeze and blah, blah, blah. And the sheriff's like, oh, well, I can help you with that if you've got a wrench or whatever. And Michael's like, oh, no, I have a plumber coming. Like, don't worry about it. And he's really insistent. I don't know. I feel like this is all incredibly suspicious behavior. And the sheriff Mm -hmm. is just like, well, that checks out. See you later. And leaves. (laughs) It's like, right. Like, I've done all I can do. So (laughs) ta-ta. I've wasted enough time on this. Silly 911 goose chase. So the sheriff leaves and then he goes back upstairs and she she's like, he's going to come back, you know, about that hiker. And it's like, how do how did you hear any of that conversation? She's upstairs. Like, how does. No, I thought she was on the same floor. I thought it was from upstairs. Like, why were they looking up when the banging was happening? Oh, I don't know. But I thought that that room was on the first floor because when Grant went in, wasn't that the first floor? I don't know. (laughs) All right. But then they went to the bathroom. So was that on the second floor? I don't know. I just don't remember a lot of going up steps. Yeah, I guess. the basement. I don't really either, but I almost, I don't, they might have just cut to the scenes. I'm not sure. But when the banging started, they both looked up at the ceiling like it was Mm. coming from above them. So I don't know. Unless that was just where the, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) We just don't know. I just don't. No. So at this point, she's like halfway done with her novel. And she says to Michael, well, you know, traditionally, when I get to this stage of my novel writing process, I like to reward myself. And he's like, well, what do you have in mind? She was like, wine and a nice dinner. And he's like, no problem. I'll cook something up for you. She's like, I'm going to go freshen up. And by freshen up, I mean, I'm going to crush some like nondescript pills into a powder for poisoning purposes. So are we assuming these are like sleeping pills? Maybe? I think so. Like Ambien or something. Yeah, they never really show us the bottle, but it's obviously like prescription meds for her. And it seems like she only has three pills, but doesn't she use the same pills again later to try and like the second time with the champagne? Oh, I mean... That we didn't see actually happen. Yeah, no, we didn't though. see this. So I don't know what she used for that. Yeah, rat poison maybe. Mm. So <laughs> he makes this elaborate dinner for her and they sit down and then he's like, oh, you're not drinking the wine. And she's like, well, we're having fish and we should really be having white wine with fish, which is true. But true. <laughs> but he's like, oh, okay, I do have white wine. And while he's going to open the white wine, She, like, steals behind him and pours the crushed pills into his glass of wine. That you could just see sitting at the bottom of the (laughs) glass. Right, like, there was not enough time for her to do that in a way that would have been convincing. No. So they sit back down and they cheers to Gideon, which, by the way, can we talk about this for a second? Gideon Snow is the name of her detective in her fiction series of mystery Mm -hmm. novels. Gideon is a boy's name, No. To my knowledge. I've yeah. never heard it used as a girl's name. And I was real thrown off when they started using she, her pronouns. And I was like, um, right. I was also very thrown off in the beginning when they started it as like the acting of the book. Oh, I had a feeling that was what was going on there. Because I was like, what in the Nancy Drew? <laughs> well, yes. Right and that's why, because I was like, this feels like not part of the actual movie. So they cheers to Gideon and then she goes to drink her glass and he just dumps his out onto his plate because he's like what a waste of food because that i'm sure that fish was fucking amazing (laughs) and wine although now now it's poisoned but he's like come on i know you never drink white wine and i just love that that was her tell (laughs) right that gave it away oh damn it like what an like how much like is he with her all the time yes she just doesn't how would he know that about her unless she constantly talked about how much she hated white wine in which case how did she not realize that that would be a bad cover story for being able to poison him right so i think he's just a, a a next level creep and he probably has like cameras in her apartment and shit oh well that would be a an interesting twist. That would make a better twist to half the shit that happened in this movie. I did wonder if an, a romantic element 
was ever going to come into it where he was going to be like, you know, I've always kind of liked you. And then it was going to get weird, but it never really did. He just wanted the money that she makes for him. Yeah. So even after this, he's still pretty nice to her and continues to just let her walk around the house. Yeah. Because like she shows him some more pages and she's able to just kind of casually steal a letter opener from a desk while he's reading the pages. She tries to get him to allow her access to the internet so she could do some research and he was like, "Uh, no fucking way. So um, she's still kind of cut off there. We now find out that Michael has leaked to the press that there's this manuscript that's going to be published. And of course, Carrie, our hero, is, you know, keeping tabs on the news. And when she sees that this unpublished manuscript is about to be released. She's like, hell no, I remember something from an obscure interview that occurred sometime in the past. And she looks it up for us, thankfully, so we can watch it and hear Mallory say that she's never written more than one book at a time. And every time she publishes one book, she takes a month off to wait for the reader's reactions before she even thinks about starting another one. She's like, this is suspicious. It's like, right. I don't know. I have never been obsessed with anyone to the degree that Carrie seems to be. Oh, no, no, no. But I wonder if I would ever hear something like that and be like, there's no way. (laughs) I mean, when she found out that she died, the crying that ensued was that of like it was a personal friend. Family member. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, Carrie then gets very deep into her investigating. At yes. this point. And we have a nice montage of her calling all of these people that Calling are... family and friends and neighbors. Yeah. And honestly, great. Because who looked into this death? This is an unnatural... I mean, they say she died of natural causes. Right, but, but how old is she? 40? Right. And like, where did the press get that information from? Aren't they verifying their sources? And I would have loved to see like the family just be like, um, can somebody let us know? Like, I mean, I know. Yeah, her, her parents, parents are dead. Died. Maybe she's but I mean, an, there's other an only child. Yeah, she she should have other connections that would be like, can I just like see an autopsy or right? you know, like, was an autopsy taking, done? They're just taking his word for it, which is just so... insane, insane and completely oh, impossible. Like somebody dies, you have to report that to someone. <laughs> so <laughs> and like the fact that nobody seems to know about it and like. The sheriff doesn't even know about it until later. That was a great interaction, too. I I do love it. That's so funny. Especially because I could see it coming when Michael told him that she was working on another one. And I was like, that's going to be fucking weird for him when he realizes that she's dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Way to give yourself away, idiot. So Carrie is trying to contact Michael and he's just ignoring her calls, but she does a real sweet little maneuver here. And she goes directly to Wendy, the publisher and is like, Hey, can you tell me what's going on? She's like, no, I got like, what are you talking about? This right, is like, stupid. can you verify why she's dead? <laughs> like somebody should. Right. And then she tries to get Michael's information from her. And she's like, I can't give you that. And then as she's walking away, she's like bitching about her secretary and is like, Evelyn should be keeping these weirdos away from me, essentially. So Carrie overhears the name Evelyn. And then she goes right up to the office and asks to speak to Evelyn. And because she seems to know what she is doing and why she's there, they let her. And then she pretends to be this cookie cake baker. (laughs) Yeah, that was quite interesting um, she was hotter on on her feet than like michael i think yeah and she's like oh yeah so wendy sent a cookie cake to michael and she did not give me a delivery address or this is the only billing address or whatever and so evelyn's like yeah that does sound like wendy so he's been staying at his vacation home a lot so like let me get you that address which is really fortunate (laughs) that she thought to do that and not give her the home address because right honestly it didn't sound like michael was spending a lot of time up at that vacation home he hadn't been right there in and a while. we hadn't and we hadn't heard him say that to wendy at all really right we? no i don't think so so interesting yeah interesting convenient like that just happened to work out for her but thank god somebody's yeah. asking questions around here and is willing to kind of stick themselves out there to to get some information so We've got Carrie on the case, and that's great news for everyone. There's a point at which Mallory attempts to stab Michael with the letter opener she has acquired and totally bips it. And I don't know how. Yes. I don't know how. <laughs> her opportunity was when she, when he was unlocking her handcuffs. That's when she should have stabbed him in the neck. 
Oh, yeah. I don't but know she why. waits. <laughs> she waits. And then basically she tries the whole like, you lead the way. And he's like, no, you. Right. It's like, oh, after my you. God. No, after you. <laughs> right. That could have gone on for hours. Yeah. So, yeah. So then she is leading the way upstairs. And it just was so dumb. While he was leaning over to undo her hand. That, uh, and as I'm watching it, I was like, she's not going to do it now, is she? I like, know. I she she was it. holding it in her hand behind her back, which, by the way, super obvious that there was something yeah. behind her back. And as he is leaning over her to, like, open the other handcuff, that's when she should have just, bam, right in the jugular. And that would have been amazing. I don't understand why she didn't do that. And yeah. then... <laughs> Not only does she miss her moment, but then when she has the moment, she moves so slowly that he is literally able to like hear her coming at him and turn around and make her like grab her hand and make her drop the letter open. And it's like, you goddamn idiot. This was stupid. Right? Yeah, your planning is just so, so awful. Oh, so actually right before this, I think, or maybe I think it was right before this, she is able to hop on the internet because Michael makes a phone call to Wendy and she can use his phone as a hotspot and he right. did not think about preventing that kind of access. So she gets on the internet and she sees all these articles now about how she has allegedly died. So this is concerning, obviously, because it it shows that he has no intention of allowing her to just go back into society without right. serious consequences, I guess. But I also feel like if you're if he thought a little smarter in terms of how to get her to agree to write the next book or whatever, uh, once she's dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless he was going to use the whole, like, I found all these manuscripts in her storage unit. Yes, that is kind of what it sounds like his intention was when he's talking to Wendy, because he's like, oh, she actually had a storage unit somewhere. So, you know, maybe we're going to find some other stuff in there. So initially, I was thinking the same lines as you. I'm like, why would he kill his cash cow? And why would he make it sound like she was dead to the world? Right. But I guess if that's his M.O., ultimately, he can just continue to force her to write novels and have exclusive access to them. Because presumably, if he ever let her go, they would need new contracts and whatever. So she would never work with him again if like, right. she were I still mean, alive. He, he loses anyway, so it doesn't matter. So we have another instance where the sheriff comes. And before that, he's like, I'm getting you down to the basement again, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, but I need to eat. Yep. And he's like, all right. And she grabs off the counter <laughs> a piece of bread, an orange, an apple, and a stick of fucking butter. Yeah. And I'm like, that that's going to make for some interesting food. But, <laughs> it's a um, nice sandwich. And, but she also grabs a butter knife. And he's like, oh, you, you think you're going to get one by me again? And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then she's like, how do how do you expect me to use the butter? And I was like, really, really? Um, so he Yeah, he's he like, that's not my problem. I'm like, you figure right? that like, out. Right? Like, use the butter however the fuck you want. And then, which she <laughs> which does. Which she does. Yeah. Because, actually, this is prior to the sheriff coming. Because mm -hmm. he goes to run out. I forget why he was going to run out. Did he say why? Or he was just leaving? He had to go see Wendy. Oh, right, right, right. They had to have a meeting or whatever. So he's in the car and this is her plan that she's now going to use the butter to lube up her ankle to get yeah. the anklet off. It works amazingly well. And very fast. Like he didn't tighten yeah. that shit at all. Nope. But as we get another scene where he's in the car and he realizes he forgot his wallet. So he goes to turn back around and during this, sorry, whoa. And during this time, she is going through the kitchen trying to find a weapon. And I found this scene so funny because oh every next thing was like, no, none of that's going to work. Like yep. the tiniest of meat cleavers, a rolling pin. And then she sees the butcher blocks completely empty. Right. So she's running out of ideas. Why does she not leave the house? I found that odd, too. I mean, and for I some reason, the, the front door was locked from the outside. I don't know. That I mean, was weird. She couldn't get yeah. out the front door. Yeah. But I'm assuming he did something with her car keys. So she might not have been able to drive away. But I feel like just getting out of the house is probably a good first step. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, it's hard, I guess, if you don't think you're anywhere near civilization, 
That might not feel like a good idea, but she could bundle up and take some food supplies with her and eventually make it. Right. I mean, she drove there. So she at least has an idea of surrounding like, oh, I saw that up the road on my way here. Mm hmm. But none of that happens because no, as she's she about to go out like the back door, he gets back and she has to basically run back downstairs yeah. and pretend, pretend that she's like still nothing ever happened. Yeah. Ew. And then he kisses her on the forehead. Yeah. That's why I thought that at some point it was going to get to a point of like, I want your body and also mm. your books. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it never went there. Mostly your books, though. <laughs> it wouldn't be a lifetime movie if somebody wasn't getting sexually assaulted. Right. That that is true. So after what happens after this part? So the sheriff comes this is when the sheriff comes okay. back to look around and he wants to he he's more specifically is looking for the hiker because at this point enough time has passed that somebody has reported him missing. They know he was staying at the B and B up the road. Hmm. So he's looking around the property. Michael takes him around to the backyard where he had just buried this guy. He's like, oh, that's some like freshly disturbed ground. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's my compost pit. It's definitely (laughs) composting. And then the sheriff notices a watch and it's like a really tacky like like digital digital watch. It probably like has the glow in the dark background or something. Like the the old G-Shocks. Yeah, and that should have been instantly triggering for the sheriff because Michael does not look like the kind of man who would wear a watch like that. No, and he tries to put it on and it doesn't fit his wrist. Yeah, it's, it's an OJ moment. So he, yep. he calls him out too and he's like, oh, it doesn't look like that fits. And he's like, well, my wrist must have shrunk because it's so cold out here. And the sheriff is like, okay, well, then let's go inside. And he's like, ah. And again, he's just kind of poking around And he notices one of Mallory's books and he's like, oh, uh, you know, this is Sunny Good. Is this one of your writers? And he's like, yeah, she's one of my best. And he's like, well, I haven't ever read anything by her. And Michael says, well, why don't you take this book? And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, it's an early Christmas present. And then he says something. And then that's when Michael says she's working on a new book now. And the sheriff is like, oh, cool. And as soon as Michael said that, I was really like, Like, why would you do that? Right. That's going to sound so sketchy because eventually he's going to find out she's dead. Yeah. And I I also was hoping not that she would foresee this happening, but it would have been kind of cool if she had like a help me. I'm trapped like in the book. Yeah. Had left a note. Yeah. Um, I think that would have made it a little more interesting. Yeah, or even if Michael had allowed her access to do her research or something and she had been able to kind of leave breadcrumbs using maybe some of the codes or whatever that are involved in her books to mm-hmm. like lead people to and like Carrie would have picked up on it immediately. Oh, a thousand if she percent. Does something like that. So right away. But no, we don't get anything clever like that. Nope. So she finishes her book and she typed it in like size 18 font. Yeah. It is massive. And literally when she finishes it, she hits enter and she's like, the, the end. end. <laughs> okay. And then slams the, the laptop shut. Again, we have another person just slamming a laptop shut. When they're done, like, that's okay. Okay, great. Signifies that. So she brings, she goes out to Michael and she's like, I finished the book. Let's celebrate with some champagne. So he's in the process of pouring that out for her. And then we cut back to the sheriff's office and he's leaving for the day. And he notices that his secretary is reading the Mallory, fuck, what's her last name? Mallory Dearborn mm-hmm. book. And he's like, oh, you know, like that guy that I think is probably a suspect in a murder just, <laughs> gave, just gave me that book to read. And she was like, oh, interesting. And he says, oh, well, like maybe I'll get to meet her someday. And his secretary's like, well, only if you have a seance, because she's dead. Because she died. Of course, the sheriff is like, what? But then even then, he's like, well, he said something. I could have misheard him. kind of weird. Yeah, but oh, never mind. Like, mm, whatever. This is the worst police officer in the world. And even the secretary was like, uh, (laughs) maybe you you want to up on that? Just tell me what he said. Like, even if you misheard him. Right. Like, maybe it is something weird. And also, you're already investigating him and looking around his property. And how many suspicious things have you noticed while you're there? This man is so incompetent. So, anyway. Mallory definitely put something in the champagne because Michael is starting to feel very woozy. Mm -hmm. And she's reading her little 
final chapter to him and it's like very very obviously about their dynamic yeah and he seems like he's getting off on her reading it did you see his oh, yeah. facial expressions yeah he's like was... keep going keep yeah going, he kept Mallory. saying keep going i was like ew this is so gross <laughs> i guess he's getting something out of it right if he's not getting the body he's getting the books <laughs> books are sexy people that's what yep. we've learned tonight so after she kind of gets to a point where she's like, never let me get behind you or whatever. And she literally takes the laptop and smashes him. That's why it had to be head. that big. Yes, That's it why. was a bludgeoning weapon. It's like a freaking piece of like metal. Yeah, it was slab. like a two by four. It was yep. huge. So he goes down on the floor, but he doesn't get knocked out weirdly. But it allows her to take his gun away. So she's got him at gunpoint for a little while and she's marching him to the front door to have him open it for her. Because again, like, why couldn't she open her own door? I don't know. Yeah. So he takes an opportunity to disarm her because she's a fucking idiot and she's standing like a foot away from him and she should probably give him a little bit more distance. This was the legit worst fucking altercation moment Seriously. I don't even think she had the balls to fire the gun if she had to. No. So he gets the gun back from her. Now he's pointing it at her. And then she shoves him and runs away. She goes back to the living room and like grabs her phone that I guess fell out of his pocket when she smashed his head. Mm -hmm. And then she runs to the basement to turn off the breaker, which like it's broad daylight. So. Right. It's not really going to deter him from finding you. The fact that <laughs> that you've turned off the lights really makes no difference. And he even said, he's like, oh, you've kept me. He says some stupid line. It was, I didn't write Keeping me in the dark or whatever. You can't right. keep me in the dark. It was stupid. Or I'm used to you keeping me in the dark. That what's the difference now or something. Yeah. <laughs> so Clearly he's back. not the writer. Okay. No. She runs back to the study and finally, this is when I was like, wait, the landline phone has been here this whole time and she hasn't (laughs) used it. Like, what the fuck? So she uses the landline phone to call 911. She gets through. Oh, wait, no, she uses her cell phone. That's what she uses her cell phone. But she's standing next to the landline phone. So that's annoying. And she calls 911. She gets through. There's no problem with her cell service. And she's able to, like, literally tell them, this is where I am. This is who's attacking me. Like, please help. (laughs) He doesn't even come in and interrupt her in the middle of this call. Because as we know, the police will probably just let it slide if it ends up being, like, a hang-up. So he gets behind her and is, like, wrestling and and whatever. But they were still on the line because they did show the phone and that it was still, like... It yes, hadn't hung the call, Yeah, the call is still happening. So they're like squabbling in the study. And this is when Carrie comes and she just like walks in. <laughs> it was like... such a weird like, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Not slow motion. But she was like in a delay somehow. That whole interaction seemed delayed where it's like you're trying to save somebody from getting shot. And mm-hmm. it was just very... I don't know. She wasn't moving fast enough to like. Right. It was kind of just like. There was no urgency. (laughs) No. There we go. There we go. I'll spit it out eventually. (laughs) You know what? We could talk around (laughs) in circles for a little while. But yeah, there was there wasn't really an urgency. And like the fact that she's willing to risk her life for this author. That treats her like shit. Yeah. That has never actually been very nice to her. Uh, Like that's where I feel like Carrie needs some therapy. Because I think her hero worship has gone a little bit too far. But she's wrestling with Michael. He, like, knocks her to the floor. And then it's Mallory's turn to wrestle with him. And they finally get him down on the ground with uh, Mallory having the gun pointing at her. At him. Mm-hmm. And then this is when the sheriff walks in. Here's the lack take- of urgency. He just kind of yeah. stood at the door and watched for a little before he's yeah. like, Police! <laughs> because he hears gunshots when he arrives he's hearing gunshots from outside there's no hustle in this man he just walks in and is like oh well and like literally carrie is handcuffing him when he doing his job yeah and he's just gonna walk in like well good job ladies you can come down to the station later when you want to make a statement i'm just gonna take it from here and it's like what like what the fuck use were you there was literally professional about that at all no, and literally there was there was no reason for him to even be involved because he was so reluctant to do this investigation. And by the time he got there, it was all resolved anyway. So right. they could have just called the cops at that point and been like, hey, come get this dude who tried to kill us. What was even the point of him investigating? 
Yeah. He was so behind the ball on it. It was like, why are you here? Uh, I wish they would have at least like stabbed him or something. I know. He doesn't even get hurt. We don't have like any closure on him. So like we don't know what he went to prison for. I mean, it would just be kidnapping. Oh, I guess murder. They'll get him on murder. They'll, They'll get, get him on guy. murder and then maybe so, okay. stealing. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Her, well, her six figure. Right. Yeah. Embezzlements or, or whatever. So anyway, we kind of jump into the future. It's unclear how far into the future. And Carrie and Mallory are doing a book signing together because they wrote a book about the whole scenario and they co-wrote it, which is kind of nice. I actually I like the way that this ended, but I really wish that there had been better interactions with them at the beginning of the movie. Right. So that this didn't. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I'm allergic to bad endings. <laughs> That this didn't feel so disingenuine because it almost just felt like Mallory was like, oh, I guess you are a human being that deserves my time and attention because you saved my life. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> That's all it took for you to be nice to me. Like, I didn't like the title of the book either. Survivor. <laughs> the Survivor. Oh, yeah. Like, there's only one. You're the only person who's ever survived anything ever. Right. And I mean, I did like the cover because it had like. It was giving Gerald's game vibes, though. Like, you weren't tied up to a mm-hmm. bed the whole time. Right. Yeah, like, you're, <laughs> he really wasn't that mean to her, and her life was not in danger. I'm, I would kind of want to read this book and see how that perspective. Honestly, I think that book would be good because you would probably, because they co-wrote it, you would probably have, like, chapters bouncing back and forth between her experience right, being kidnapped. And then also Carrie looking into it and doing the investigation. So, like, I think there actually is a decent book in there, but I, it wasn't all that interesting of a story. I think Carrie's side of it, the investigative side, would have been the more interesting part of the story. Yeah. And then we find out that she basically asks Mallory, like, can I continue the Gideon stories for you? And she gives right. her the okay. And- Which is nice, but I also feel like they would probably need the publisher to sign off on that. So... Yeah, you know, <laughs> very true. Somebody might not want to sign a ghostwriter or, you know, like a continuation if they aren't aware of the author's quality or experience. So very true. Know. And then they walk out as if they're besties best. But like going towards the light. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like they open the doors and it's just that bright light, like they're walking into heaven, which I found. I don't understand when movies do that when there's I was just nothing. Say, you've called this out on another movie. Oh, it was uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. I don't yeah. get that. They're not dead. Mm-hmm. So what? why don't... That implies heaven or like some holy ending and it was nothing like that. I just... I kind of see it as like walking off into the sunset. Like everything's okay and like fade to white because everything's happy and hopeful. Mm, and true. whatever. I don't know. But I've never... I've never had that immediate connection of like, oh, they must be dead and going to heaven. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> No, I, like, cause th- I mean, that's not an unusual thing, but I think it, they use it so often when it's not meaning that, that I haven't ever really fully associated it like that. Gotcha. One of the things that I thought I called in the beginning, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to call this and this is going to be how the story I realized would have been way better if it actually did happen. That we frequently have these ideas. I know. <laughs> I was like, when, after Carrie was at the book signing and she puts the book in her bookshelf in her collection whatever and you see the pictures and you see her sit down at her laptop and she goes to try to start writing and she looks at the picture and she's like give me inspiration inspiration i'm like watch she's gonna write this whole book like she's gonna write the story and then we find that at the end like it didn't really happen oh she wrote this story after this very weird encounter Mm. with care with mallory Mm -hmm. and given that michael was there too right she's just using them as the characters now and that would make sense because she kind of makes herself the hero of the story so so i was like at the end i'm like wait so that didn't happen like because that would have been so much cooler (laughs) if that had happened no well no oh well sucks that i didn't write it (sighs) we could do so much better dawn and it's so funny because I had a watch on the Lifetime app, which, mm-hmm. fine. But through the Fire Stick, it glitches so much. The amount of times I had to get out, go back in. I'm like, thank God this is just an hour and 25 minutes. Because if <laughs> I had to do this for like an over two hour movie, it was awful. But just going through the list of movies and the titles. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, 
it made me kind of want to go on a <laughs> a lifetime movie binge. It's, that tends to happen like i'll watch one and then i just i'm like okay i need to see how shitty the next one is or could the next one be as bad like there is one with jenna duan and her now fiance and actually one of the i think the bachelorette like one of the bachelorettes is in it too it's like her acting uh- debut Oh, cool. I bet she's great. But I'm like, oh, I want to watch that one. So that's on my list. Yeah, no, we should definitely do a Lifetime movie month um, at some point and just pick four. I mean, I'm sure it's hard enough to pick four, but we might run out of things to say because I feel like a lot of them have the same flaws Mm -hmm. that it just is going to get repetitive to be like, well, the acting sucked. The plot was ridiculous and um, it was boring. (laughs) Yeah, and I think also the plots are always very similar. It's always, yeah. uh, you know, somebody's kidnapped or there's a cult involved or yeah, a child's missing. Formulaic. Or, yeah, it's just, so it would have to be something kind of... Off the wall. But yeah, so that was Silent Night, Fatal Night. That wasn't exactly as thrilling as the title suggested. No, and again, not as fatal as the title suggested either. No, no. <laughs> Should have should have been more death. Should have been more massacre. Yeah, I was gonna say if this had been called, if the Nutcracker movie had been called Silent Night, Fatal Night, I actually think that still would have worked for for that movie. That would have worked a it lot was a better. Fatal Night. Yeah. So there you go. That's our our first Lifetime movie that we've done. Right. It was <laughs> how, our first one. How can that be? And the next coming weeks, you have our back to back Ginger Dead Man. Our re. Re-release. Re-release of The Gender Dead Man. And you could have fun with Gary Busey all over again. Yes, to get you all nice and prepped for the sequel. The Passion of the Crossed, which I am I'm very excited about, actually. It's probably going to be garbage, so... Oh, um... it will be garbage. <laughs> we don't get Gary Busey again, which is dreadful. Upsetting, but, but I feel like that could only make it worse. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So yeah, so be on the lookout for those and you know where to find us and all of our updates, Twitter, Instagram, website. And do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, December 14th is not a super holiday-ish kind of day. Oh. But oh my lord, what is this? Wow. There was a pop-up ad on this website and it was horrifying. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so here's what we got. It is Monkey Day, and it doesn't specify if it's national or international, but... So just um, Monkey Day. Monkey Day. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget, we share a common ancestor with chimpanzees. And let's see what else we got here. A festive holiday, National Roast Chestnuts Day. Oh, that would have been great to do last week. It would have, yes, but... I'm sorry, it's got to be this week. So uh, on Thursday, roast all your chestnuts on an open fire. There you go. While you're listening to the Christmas song. Yeah, that's only, right. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, that's it's actually by law. So make sure, <laughs> make sure you don't get arrested for roasting your chestnuts on the wrong day listening to the wrong music. <laughs> right. It has to be an open fire, too. It can't be, you know. Correct. Yeah. And these silly stoves or ovens or whatever. Open fire. <laughs> And until next time.